Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome, everybody. To episode number 33 of Stick Signals, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, and Dirt Car Racing. My name's Ruben Morellis, your host for Stick Signals. Thank you all so much for stopping on in and listening to another great episode. 33 episodes already. That is just mind-blowing. It feels like episode one was just uh, the other day back at Volusia, but nonetheless, um, welcome. If you're a new listener, hey, we have interview with every single outlaw. Go check it out. We have a bunch of great uh, episodes out there, and definitely um the season kind of slowing down for us now kind kind of sad like we just had what three weeks off four weeks off and then we we finally had a race weekend which by the way we are about to recap uh cherokee speedway and sonoya fun weekend and i have nothing but positive things to say about this past weekend and i will explain that here in just a few moments we'll talk about some drivers a little bit of news and notes um mike and mick unfortunately not able to join me here today because they're up in oswego it is one of the busiest weeks uh for world racing group up at a super dirt week and um yeah big block country and full song right now up in the northeast and uh, mick and mike are over there um working their tails off so definitely i am uh, here with you on stick signals which hey that is awesome let's let's have a great episode today nonetheless let's get into it uh this past weekend at cherokee before we start um obviously it's october uh there's a scent of fall in the air it's officially fall it's starting to get cooler hoodie season and obviously this month is a, a meaningful month for a lot obviously it's breast cancer awareness month and um i really wanted to put this in the top of the show Ricky Weiss with the V Foundation. He did this last year. I even bought the diecast. Um, I have the diecast and I, I support it. Uh, the V Foundation and he uh, gives back money. And I know Drydeen last year matched up to $10,000 of his winnings uh, to the V Foundation. And at the end of the year, last year, Ricky uh, auctioned off the hat, the fire suit, I believe. And this year he's going to do it again. He's going to auction off the fire suit, the panels from this race car. And they're also selling stickers. If you're at the track at Charlotte, um, please, or even reach out to him via his Facebook page or his Twitter. Uh, reach out to him and ask him, hey, I'd like to buy a breast cancer awareness sticker. It, you know, it's the, it's the sticker and he puts it on the car, the decking of the car. They're five bucks each and all that money goes to the V Foundation. Um, Dana, his girlfriend, was, uh, you know, pushing it to sell stickers this past weekend and they sold quite a few. So if you're a fan listening to this and you bought one of those stickers or a supporter, thank you for that. Um, it's a great cause and hats off to Ricky Weiss for doing that uh, back to back years. The V Foundation and Ricky Weiss teaming up once again here during the month of October and obviously uh, world finals not in the month of October but it's still that first week after so after world he'll run that scheme for world finals and then after world finals he'll uh, take the panels off he'll auction them off more information on his Facebook page and then his fire suit he will also auction, auction that off and all that money goes towards the V Foundation and again he has bracelets also bracelets uh, the stickers and again all proceeds go to the V Foundation so thank you Ricky Weiss for that, that that's just an amazing thing that one of our World of Outlaw drivers does, and uh, that that's amazing. So hats off, Ricky Weiss, and uh, we have an episode with him too. Um, well, we 
Should have had an episode coming up. We still haven't had Ricky uh, Weiss on Stick Signals. Every time I ask him, he's been so busy, but it's okay. Give him a shout out there on the V Foundation, and hopefully we have him soon. Tyler Bruning has his new diecast out. Uh, there was a so there's a shortage. Obviously, we talk about tires, but there's also a shortage on uh, these diecasts. It's American Diecast Company. They uh, they make the wheels and the chassis and all that stuff. And uh, Bruning, as you know, me personally, I'm gonna say this, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I think Bruning's car is the sexiest late model ever. Uh, if you're watching on Dirt vision i don't know if it looks as sexy but like in real life i'm telling you when that car just rolls onto the track with the black wheels and and you know the the hoosier logo on the side of the of the of the the wall of the tire the white hoosier logo which is going around it just looks so sexy that candy apple red car with the hoosier tires like it just there's just something about that car that's super nice and uh, his die cast are out the 164 and the uh, 124 scales you could buy those support our drivers as always um i love our drivers uh, you know they're they're the outlaws they are the outlaws and um brandon shepherd how about this clinched another championship that is amazing four championships in five years mark richards is eighth World of Outlaws title in 20 years of outlaw action. That is absolutely amazing. Congratulations to them. Uh, just a great season for Brandon Shepard. And we'll talk about that here in just a few moments. But yeah, those are kind of some news and notes. And Gustin having a great weekend, which we'll talk about here in a little bit when we get to Cherokee, uh, Chris Madden and all them as well. So, all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, those are just kind of some news and notes that I wanted to touch on. Of course, definitely the Ricky Weiss uh, one for sure. If you ever see him, make sure to get that $5 sticker. He puts it on the car and uh, he has you uh, put a name of a person, of a loved one that you know that had breast cancer or ovarian cancer. And um, it definitely hits the heart. Anyway, nonetheless, let's get into a Cherokee Speedway. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I have nothing but positive to say about this weekend. How about Tony Adair, uh, co-promoter with Scott Childress at Cherokee Speedway? They went out, they purchased a blade, they uh, they got a tiller, they tilled the racetrack up, they they mixed the dirt up, and they he told me he put six loads, oh, Tony O'Dare told me this, he put six loads of water on Thursday for practice, and he said, man, those support divisions, because obviously supers can't practice on a, a night practice unless if it's a scheduled practice for the outlaws and he was telling me those support divisions could not get off the top they were up there now that's off to them i say positive things because that deserves a positive comment the, the racing at cherokee was amazing everybody that i talked to said that is the best mat the best race we've seen at Cherokee. And what I was about to say there is Cherokee's back on the map. Rick Eshelman said it back in March when Shepard passed Dale McDowell on the outside to win that prelim. And that was the best race I'd ever seen at Cherokee. Now, this was the best race I've seen at Cherokee. I mean, two, we went there three times this year and two nights were just absolutely amazing. I am personally a fan of Cherokee. Um, I know there's a lot of comments on social media that rolls around, you know, about negativity about Cherokee. But at the same time, you got to see the challenges they face. It's 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 not, you know, as easy when you have that red dirt. It's not really clay. It's it has a lot of silt in it, and it's super hard to make a track racy. And Tony Adair and Scott Childress know this. This is why they're trying to make it better. You know, they've added uh, big events and stuff like that there, and and other stuff. Like there's good things happening at Cherokee, and obviously uh, twenty thousand to win Rock Gold Memorial again next year. This year was a lot of money to win. We'll see the support again going into it next year. Uh, the Mike Duvall Memorial. Um, it's just a, a fun place. Plus they got pops pickles. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just a good place. And honestly, I had a lot of fun this past Friday night at Cherokee. Um, Chris Ferguson was fast time overall at a 14, six, nine, seven. Unfortunately, 
Fergie could not uh, get that first win again. He 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 sent it full song there in turns one and two. He 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 slid Shepard like crazy, and and Fergie was coming, but he had to get around Shepard if he wanted Overton. But the time was also running out, and uh, yeah, Fergie, congratulations to him. Uh, Sh- and let me just say this, Shepard, that he was the last car to go out for qualifying in Group B. So that means the last car in general to go out for qualifying. And Brandon Overton had the fastest time to beat at 14.985, and Shepard went out there and topped it. That's how good this racetrack was. I told you, they tilled it, they bladed, they mixed the dirt up. And man, Shepard to be the last car out went out there and set fast time at a 14.868. That's that should just tell you right there, even if you didn't even watch the race, how good this track was. There was moisture on that track. And yeah, it's it's going to be amazing uh, in the future as well as they work on that facility. So let's go to the Dryden Heat races. How about Dalton Wilson? Wilson won Dryden Heat 1. Congratulations to him. One of my Dynamite Fuse facts going into the night was underdogs. I, I said an underdog has a chance to win, and Dalton Wilson was one of the guys that I stressed about in my Fuse facts that I think had a great shot to win. Dalton Wilson... I also talked about Ross Bales, and and how about Wilson winning Dryden Heat Race 1 over Chris Ferguson. It was on the start. Uh, Wilson started on the outside of the front row and powered away from Ferguson to get in the redraw. Congratulations, Dalton Wilson and Ben Watkins. We all know what he can do. He won at Livonia a month ago with us, and he won Dryden Heat Race number 2. And how about Ryan Gustin? Ryan Gustin qualified really, really well. Gustin was second quick overall in Group A and started on the pull of heat too. Nonetheless, Ben Watkins got it done and Gustin finished second. And that just goes to show how you know how moisturized his track was. Like Gustin was up there ripping the lip. He was a uh, pretty fun to watch at Cherokee and Gustin did really well. He was in the redraw. Dryden heat race number three, Brandon Shepard on fire. And I, I got to get this stat for you fans, but it takes a lot of research because I want to see how many tracks he's actually competed at. I know he hasn't competed at every track the Outlaws have been to, but uh, I want to see the tracks that he's entered with and because he has a high percentage, I know, of tracks that he's been to and he's won with with the Outlaws. But Cherokee is one he hasn't been able to win at. And uh, Shepard said that in his interview that night, but nonetheless, Shepard got the win in Dryden Heat 2. Ross Bales got second. He was in the redraw. And Dryden Heat race number four, I'll let you guess who won it. Brandon Overton, obviously. And uh, finishing behind him, how about this? You won't guess this one. Brent Dixon. How about Brent Dixon? He switched power plants uh, from his other car to this car. And he's been, that's kind of been the story the past couple months when I talked to him when we went back, went back for the Rock Gold about a month ago, that was one of my pit reporting notes on him. He said, yeah, we're just switching power plans. We're trying to find what really uh, fits good with this car. And uh, I'm telling you, he hit on something because he was in the redraw. And he had some tough tough drivers in that one. Uh, Michael Brown was in that one. Like it, it was a pretty little tough heat race. And Brent Dixon got in. Congratulations to him. And they were in the redraw. And when it came feature time... Man, oh man, Dalton Wilson, I stressed it how I said in my Dynamite Fuse Facts, it was an underdog kind of feel that night, and man, I, I really had my money on, well not my money, but like I had Dalton Wilson on my mind all night long, and I, if I'm being honest, yeah, I'd put my money on him that night for an underdog, out of any underdog, I'd put my money on Dalton Wilson, and he led the opening laps until lap traffic, like Overton he could run the bottom, the middle, or the top, and he was trying everything to catch Wilson, but Wilson was just not letting him uh, pass him. He was gone, and then lap traffic came into play off of turn number four. Um, 
Wilson got caught up with lap traffic and Overton to the lead and Brandon Overton took the lead. Congratulations to him. Overton gets his fifth win of the season with the Outlaws. $10,000 richer. Shepard, man, what a scary scene. Uh, Chris Ferguson was rolling and Ferguson started fifth. He uh, went for a big slider in one and two on Shepard and ended up hitting the wall in turn two. For those of you that follow Fergie on, on social media, you saw the TikTok he posted. Uh, and yeah, that, that was a that was a crazy hit there in turn two. But nonetheless, he had a fast car, but Fergie still winless with a national series of Cherokee. But it is coming with how good he was that night. Uh, he It's coming for sure. And Shepard finished second and Brandon Overton, your winner. And Dalton Wilson, how about this? Finishing third that is that is amazing ferguson finished fourth and at the line chris madden got fifth over ryan gustin like just barely i know a lot of people didn't really see that but i was noticing that because i was like man ryan gustin gonna get a top five at cherokee and then bam madden passes him like um it was great. It was like a photo finish for fifth, if, if I'm being honest. And uh, congratulations to Ryan Gustin getting a sixth place. But Chris Madden, how about this? I mean, did it go out there and really stun us in qualifying or the heat races? And Chris Madden went out there and went uh, from uh, ninth to fifth, uh, hard charger, excuse me, uh, went from 12th to fifth, excuse me. Uh, and yeah, uh, hard charger that night for Chris Madden. Really good run for him in the number 44 machine, up nine spots, finished fifth. Um, 14th, excuse me for Madden, um, 14th to fifth, excuse me for Madden. And, uh, yeah, great run for him and his Dryden products. Number 44. We'll be back at Cherokee for the blue gray 100 with a Dryden extreme dirt car series, which is really right around the corner. We'll be talking about that on stick signals soon for sure. So there's some great things happening at Cherokee. Can't wait to be back for that, uh, for the blue gray 100 later this year with the Dryden extreme dirt car series. The next night, again, as we mentioned, we were supposed to go to 411 motor speedway and nothing against them. But man, I am so happy we went to Sonoya Raceway. Let me just say, how I said I had positive things to say on this podcast. Sonoya Raceway was absolutely amazing. It it, it just, it, you know, when, when people say love at first sight, I literally, uh, we were in the pits and I walked up to look at the racetrack. And as soon as I walked up, I, I was over by turns one and two and I, I walked up and I was, oh man, like I just, a big smile. Well, erupted on my face, like just a big smile. And I was like, man, this is a really cool place. Like, it just looked sharp, you know, from it had a wall all the way around from top and bottom. Uh, it was slick. I mean, let me just tell you, it was smoother than cream cheese on a bagel, like smooth. Let me tell you. And it was it was a really nice facility. And just when, when, when I signed in for my pit pass, I haven't even seen the track yet. Uh, we pulled up in the car, got out and I signed up for my pit pass. And they and, and the and the lady and the gentleman there said, welcome to Sonoya. And they said, have a great night. Thanks for coming. Like just customer service was second to none. I mean, wh when do you go by a pit pass at any track and then tell you, have a great night. Thanks for coming. Like a, a simple have a great night. Thanks for coming goes a long way in my book. Like that, that was absolutely amazing. And hats off to Sonoya. Uh, great customer service just all night long. They always came down to the, to the command center asking us if we needed something, anything. It's just such a clean facility. They care about their customers. They care about everyone. And in my book, I, I got to say, I think this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite track in the South. I, I love Sonoya Raceway. I fell in love with it. Just a great facility, great people. And to top it off, Great racing. How about, how about the night? Um, 
going in uh, to Sonoya. It's kind of a, a slick equalizer. We kept an eye on a couple guys. Some guys ran 525s and a 604s uh, with the World of Outlaws, and we'll definitely uh, talk about that. Uh, going into qualifying, Chris Madden was fastest in Group A at a 14.005, and, and uh, Ashton Winger was quickest in Group B at a 14.275. Madden would be quickest overall in Slick Woody's Cornhole Company Fast Time Qualifying, and how he said Mike Warren did a article uh, with Ashton Winger and he said uh, this was like about two weeks ago it's at worldofoutlaws.com and uh, Winger said you know every time I've gone to Sonoya it's either me that wins or it's Madden me and Madden are always side by side and guess what it, it's exactly what Winger uh, explained and showed us and told us actually uh, going into Sonoya he said you know these guys are going to be on top of it and it, it's exactly exactly the way it was uh, Winger and Madden all night, the top two to talk about, and we go to the Dryden Heat races. Chris Madden wins Dryden Heat race number one after being the hard charger the night before at Cherokee. I said he needs to get one more win before the season's over. He has two more nights to get it done. Uh, Brent Larson. How about Brent Larson? Now, there was kind of like a little thing that I was picking up on. Uh, Brent Larson, obviously from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, uh, one of his big home tracks, Cedar Lake Speedway, five-time track champion there, and Ashton Winger, his two World of Outlaw wins that he has both come from Cedar Lake. And Chris Madden won Dryden Heat Race 1. He's won the USA Nationals before. There's something about Sonoya Raceway that reminds me and correlates with Cedar Lake Speedway. There's just some chemistry there. And it's an interesting thing to look at because the drivers that have had success at, at Cedar Lake had success at Sonoya. Like, look at Ryan Gustin. Ryan Gustin again. Like, he's won how many Masters with the United States Modified Touring Series? Like, Gustin did great as well uh, here. And, you know, he's never even been to Sonoya, but he's been to Cedar Lake plenty of times. Like, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but there's just something about it. It even has the yellow walls around it to, like, kind of make it seem like it had a Cedar Lake feel. It's kind of the southern Cedar Lake, and Cedar Lake is the northern Sonoya. And uh, yeah, I, I asked Brent Larson in the Dryden Heat Race interview. Uh, I was like, "Hey, like, um, does this place remind you of Cedar Lake?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I, I was in the redraw." He's like, "Yeah, this place reminds me just like it. Like, there's it's similar. It's it, you know, it fit to his style." And Brent Larson won a Dryden Heat Race, looking for his first feature win. It was good to see the B1 Bomber run that good. Mark Whitener got second in that Dryden Heat Race. Good to see Mark Whitener join us there in that Big Frog Motorsports car. Uh, Dryden Heat Race number two, Ashton Winger got it done. Uh, back in his 12 car, which by the way, because remember he ran the Summer Nationals, got six wins in that 12 car. Then he went to the to Eldora for the Baltus Classic and the World, but ran that Hatcher's Motorsports number two car because uh, the engine in his 12 car had too many nights on it. They had to uh, do some things, to, had to do some maintenance to it. And uh, Winger said, you know, I got to park it for a little bit. Well, he brings the 12 car back out. And not to mention, Winger was even, he wasn't sure if he was going to race Saturday. Uh, he got COVID symptoms and he, he got a little sick. He was under the weather and uh, he went to go get a COVID test and it came out negative. So he was fine. But yeah, Winger uh, back in the 12 car. Bam, wins Dryden Heat Race number three. And how about Joseph Joyner? Hunt the front, baby. He uh, started fourth and got that second and final transfer spot into the redraw uh, from uh, Dryden Heat Race number three and Dryden Heat Race number four, the one-man band. It was good to see Dennis Herb Jr. run uh, good as well. And the 17 of David Brazil. How about David Brazil? Fun story about David Brazil. He was driving for Billy Franklin uh, this past weekend. And October 1st, 2016, five years ago, 
the exact same day, October 1st, we're at Cherokee, October 1st, though, 2016, five years ago, that night, he drove for Billy Franklin for the very first time at the Gumbo Nationals and uh, set fast time, Had a didn't end up winning it, but still set fast time, had a great night. And it's crazy that five years later, after a season where he's gone through three engines, they you know they wrecked the car at, at uh, Bristol. It was just, it, it was just, it's been a bad season for David Brazil. It's just been tough luck for him this year. And for five years later to get an opportunity with Billy Franklin and run that seventeen car, ain't that crazy? How time works exactly on the dot. Five years later. And he, he got that second and final transfer spot into the redraw. Uh, David Brazil improved from Cherokee's finish to Sonoya's finish. He, he did amazing all weekend long. It was really good to see the 2018 World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year back with us in that Billy Franklin car. He would finish second. And uh, Tyler Bruning got third with Austin Kirkpatrick, who really turned some heads this weekend as well, builds his own AK chassis, finishing in that fourth and final transfer spot. So nonetheless, that was Dryden Heat Race number four. Moving on with that, let's go into the feature, the 40 lap feature, uh, Ashton Winger and the number 44, Chris Madden had a great, great uh, show, uh, put on a great show for the fans there. And um, Ashton Winger uh, would end up winning his third career Outlaw feature victory, $10,000, picked up a $20,000 at Cedar Lake last year, a $6,000 earlier this year at Cedar Lake, and now a $10,000 at home. It was a homecoming for Ashton Winger. Congratulations to Ashton Winger on a big win with the Outlaws, and hopefully, you know, uh, good things are around for that team. We'd love to see him back with the world of Outlaws. I know we talked about doing Dirt Car Summer Nationals again, but his ultimate goal is to come back with the world of Outlaws and uh, really. Um, make an impact and, you know, make, make a, a big run for the title uh, next year. Uh, one of the big notes going into Sonoya this weekend in general, uh, we talk about the money uh, for the points. Two races left. Obviously, Brandon Shepard, congratulations to him, clinching his fourth championship of the season. Shepard with eight wins, 32 top five, 32 top fives, 41 top tens, more top fives and top tens than anybody in uh, 47 uh, starts. Uh, I mean, what an amazing season for Shepard this year. And I'm telling you, you know, we we, we don't give him enough credit uh, this year because, you know, we're used to him having 18 wins last year, tying the record for the most wins in a single season. And to him, we only say we say only to have eight. But okay, who has more than him? Name him. I mean, Brandon Shepard has the most outlaw wins in anybody here this season. Chris Madden has four. Dennis Herb Jr. three. Kay Dillard, Kyle Strickler with two. uh, You know, Frank Heckinus, Bobby Pierce with two and a couple other drivers. But like, Wow, Brandon Shepard has eight wins. It, it just goes to show it, it's pretty tough, uh, you know, to win an outlaw feature night in, night out. But this team really has been how I told you, Mark Richards is a businessman. He he's thinking of the future. He's changing the game. Rockets dominated last year. And yes, it's been more of a longhorn kind of season this year. But I'm telling you, these guys are doing something. And when it hits, it's going to hit. And Shepard may have an unstoppable stoppable season going into next year it looks like they're really figuring some things out uh, with this car they're 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 pushing the edge you know they're 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 uh gonna be really good going into next year we'll talk about storylines going into next year in another episode later down the road but uh yeah that that is gonna be great nonetheless let's talk about the points every point mattered because the battle for fourth was intense that now as i mentioned the points battle fourth place gets thirty five thousand dollars fifth place gets $30,000. Dennis Herb Jr. had a 22-point lead on Ricky Weiss. 
going into Sonoya with 16 going into Cherokee, and then he extended it to 22 by six more points going into Sonoya. Let's look at the points here. Let's give you the top 10. Brandon Shepard uh, is your current point leader. Chris Madden second. Tyler Brinning has the rookie of the year wrapped up in third. Dennis Herb Jr. fourth. Ricky Wise fifth. Ryan Gustin sixth. Boom Briggs seventh. And uh, Brent Larson in eighth. So uh, yeah, Dennis Herb Jr. still has that fourth spot over Ricky Weiss. It's going to be interesting going into the final week at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Well, really, that wraps up this past weekend from Cherokee Speedway for the uh, Mike DeVall Memorial, where it was a really a historic one. Uh, Brandon Overton, now a World 100 winner, went out there and won the Mike DeVall Memorial, which, by the way, he's won the past four visits with the Outlaws to Cherokee. It was the ninth visit to Cherokee, and Overton has won the past four. And uh, this time he won the Mike DeVall again, but now as a World 100 winner. And I asked him what it meant as a World 100 winner now, because Mike DeVall was a World 100 winner. And he's like, man, I, I don't know what I did to, to deserve this. And he was very humble about it. So congratulations to him, and obviously congratulations to Ashton Winger. It was a great weekend. Unfortunately... The Outlaws are off for uh, the next couple of weeks, which uh, is really sad. But hey, we'll be back big in fashion with the World of Outlaws, the NGK NTK World of Outlaws World Finals of the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Get your tickets now at worldofoutlaws.com. As with that, got to thank our good friends at Manscaped. Guys, keep it fresh and clean with manscaped.com. Use stick signals 21 as the code and get 20% off your um purchase plus uh free shipping dirt vision presented by dryden has a lot going on as well we'll we'll give you the rundown on them real quick after this in just a few moments but again a store.worldofoutlaws.com and today on the podcast uh we actually uh mike and mick sat down with them before they left to oswego uh this week's guest is the gin the ginger ninja excuse me the ginger ninja jack laner driver the number 2l benson pet supply big block modified mike mick take it away guys well as we know super dirt week right around the corner as we get ready for the racing's biggest party this coming week at oswego and we have one of the drivers on hand along with super dirt car series pr coordinator joe grabanowski we have the ginger ninja jack laner with us Jack, first off, you got to be excited for this week because it's Oswego time. It's a, it's our Super Bowl. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said to people, it's like Christmas for me. So, uh, you know, we look forward to it every year. We didn't really quite get to do it last year. So uh, I think we're even more excited this year. Now, looking back, we'll, we'll head back a little bit into the beginning of your career. It wasn't that long ago that you were getting things started in a sportsman car. And I, I of course, got lucky and had the pleasure to be able to watch you rise through the ranks. You know, did you ever think being in a sportsman to this point, you'd be able to rise this quickly? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really think about it too much. Uh, we just kind of took it one year at a time. And uh, we we're having a lot of fun getting into the sportsman, racing limited. And then we moved up to regular sportsman and then uh, kind of set our, set our sights on racing modifieds. And uh, that's what we did. And we just kept working at it as we went along and got better and better and started racing more and more. And now we're uh, full blown into it. But I definitely didn't really foresee that, you know, a few years ago when we started, but um, definitely happy with how things have went so far. Now, with the modifieds, of course, you are were racing against arguably one of the toughest fields each and every week on a Friday night before you joined the Super Dirt Car Series. What was it like going against legends every week like Kenny Tremont and Brett Hearn? I mean, it was great. Uh, racing at Malta really kind of shaped me um, early in my career. Uh, even, you know, the sportsman division is probably one of the toughest divisions and then modified for sure. One of the toughest weekly divisions. So just being able to learn from those guys, Tremont and Hearn and, uh, 
Matt DiLorenzo and all the, you know, local guys that run really well there, um, kind of shaped me to see the right way to do things, the right way to be a racer and how to race clean with everybody. And, uh, I think it was big in my uh, learning curve, just being surrounded by that level of competition. Jack, what kind of advice can you give the sportsman drivers uh, today if they want to move up and, and race in the um, Super Dirt Car Series? And how important is it to race at big races like Oswego to cut your teeth um, you know, against the best of the best? It's huge. Um, there's a lot of really good sportsman drivers out there, and maybe they don't get to race against each other all the time, but uh, Oswego is one of those stages where you know the East, uh, West, and Central New York guys all come together and get to compete against one another um as far as advice for them i would just uh say you know it's hard work um modified is even more work than the sportsman and uh just with the car and everything that you got to pay attention to so um you know if they can shape their programs as early as they can to be at the modified level as far as with their cars and programs before they move up um, it's only going to help them uh just paying attention to all the little things that really matter in the long run because you know, those guys like Matt Williamson and uh, Shepard and Friesen, they're not missing anything in their program. So uh, they're tough to, to compete against for sure. Now, with the Super Dirt Car Series, obviously you've only had a couple of years on board. How much have you learned so far with the learning curve going to these different tracks each and every week, essentially? <laughs> it's We've learned a ton. Um, and a lot of it is, like you said, going to different tracks and figuring out what you need for each track because it's everything's a little bit different as far as the car, your driving, your tires, whatever it may be. Um, so unloading to a track for the first time where other guys have been there, you know, 10, 15 plus times, or maybe even have 10 wins there, um, definitely makes it tough, but being around the super dirt car series and racing with those guys on a regular basis has really made us better. And you just see how they're, they do things, how their program is and how they approach things. And, that's what what it really comes down to um, to make that last little bit of difference, I think. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about what it takes to be successful in a big block modified uh, recently. You yourself, you're a fabricator. Um, you do a lot of work on these cars yourself. Um, what other sources of knowledge do you have to pull from to field a, a successful program? So, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's talk of engineers and stuff now. Um, I don't. You know, I don't, you don't need an engineer and I don't think any of these guys really even have engineers, but uh, it's really what it comes down to is hard work and uh, really paying attention to what you're doing and paying attention to what's working with the car and what's not. And like you said, being a fabricator, that's helped me tremendously just uh, get down to the nitty gritty of the car and how it works and uh, having the ability to fabricate stuff myself. If there's something that I want to build that I think might work, um, that definitely helps me, giving me that little bit of freedom. But you know, these guys like that are at the top of the game, Shepard and Friesen all day long, every day when people are clocking into their nine to five, you know, they're going down to the shop to figure out how to make their car better. So I don't think it really requires an engineer, but it requires hard work and being smart about it. You don't need an engineering degree, but you got to pay attention to what you're doing and what other guys are doing and what seems to be successful and what's not. Now, Oswego isn't, it doesn't have the same size, of course, as, as a mile, uh, but are you getting any special requests when it comes to button, buttoning these cars up or even on your own car? Are you doing anything special for, for this race other than, you know, just making sure everything was perfect? I mean, as far as customers, you know, I just, you got to make sure that uh, you're on your game building the body to make sure that it, we're within the rules because um, we build them right up to the, the limit. So with all the bends and everything, got to make sure that you're right on so that they don't have a issue getting through tech because then they'll be upset with me, you know. But for my own car, uh, 
yeah, there's a lot of little things that I try to do to make that little bit of a difference. I mean, we're kind of in a tight box with the rule book, so there's not too much to work with there. Um, but every little bit helps. I mean, if you can do 10 things that are worth a hundredth of a second, you know, that it adds up pretty quick. So, yeah, I just try to do every little thing I can to try to get a little bit of an advantage over the other guys. Now, we talked about, you know, racing against Kenny Tremont and Brett Hearn a little bit earlier, but on the Super Dirt Car Series, it's kind of an old guard versus a new guard thing. You know, guys like Billy Decker that have been around for a long time. I'll even throw Shepard in there. He's been there for a while running this tour. Are, do you, are you able to pick their brain a little bit for advice when you're on the road at all these different tracks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them have been great to me. Uh, even coming on in 2019, my first year, um, you know, Kurt at HBR and Jimmy, they kind of took me under their wing and I'm um, good friends with Shepard too. So I'll talk to them all the time. And it's helpful just to know going to a track for the first time, have an idea of what gears to put in the car and what tires we're going to be on. Um, so they've been really helpful to me. And, you know, anytime I have a little bit of a question on anything, I, you know, I don't hesitate to ask one of them and they're always pretty helpful with it. So you know, it's a great group of guys that we have on the series. Um, we all we're fierce competitors and we want to beat one another, but, you know, we'll always uh, lend out a hand when needed to each other as well. Now, you've already, unfortunately, learned a little bit of what the attrition it takes to run the Super Dirt Car Series. So I remember you mentioned 2019, not the easiest year for you as you had to switch cars and drop one of your weekly tracks due to a wreck at some point during the season. Yeah, yeah. 2019 was tough for us. Um, we took a little bit of a gamble going into it. We switched chassis manufacturers and you know, we thought it was going to be the right move for us, but it just didn't really work out. And uh, so you had that along with me learning the tracks and learning being on tour. It was definitely a little bit of a struggle year for us, but I think it was good to uh, kind of shape what we are today and what we're growing into. Because, you know, if you have success right away or maybe you don't have to work for it as hard, it's uh, not going to last as long, in my opinion. So having that struggle has uh, kind of made me more determined to work harder and be better. Uh, and keep growing to what we've been doing so you know it was a tough year for us but um i'm glad it happened you know now you talk about that success toward the end of the year though you had probably your best run on the super dirt car series to date and if you remember that brockville race where you led most of it it looked like you were going to get that first win just things came up a little bit short yeah oh we were so close there and we switched back to our old uh, manufacturer there that was like our second race out with it with a new car and it was it was good we like you said we uh made the redraw and uh, pulled the pole and led I think like 75 80 laps and Shepard just got by, by me on a restart towards the end but that was good that you know that really kind of put a fire under our butts to keep going because it you know it was like okay we can do this um, it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together this year uh, in the points it seems like anyone anyone from fourth to 16th um, were, were fighting against each other at any given time um, so it's been really uh, a close race throughout the year you know, in that section, you have just broken into the top 10 in points. Um, tell me what you've been able to do lately. Um, you know, your qualifying hasn't necessarily put you up in, in the front of the heat races, but your race pace has been great, and you've been able to battle it out against all those great cars that are in the mid-pack there to uh, to get some points lately. Yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's all, it's all really close. Uh, like the top, I'd say, you know, yeah, like you said, 5th to 14th there, but and it really comes down to consistency. I mean, we all will have a couple good runs here and there, but the guys that are consistently in the top 10 are the ones that are, you know, doing really well in the points. And Chris Heil comes to mind, you know, he's a rookie on the tour, I believe, but um, he's been really, really strong at every track we go to. I don't think there's been anywhere where he's really, really lacked much. But um, like you said, with the qualifying, that's 
really our main focus right now. We got to put ourselves in better position. Um, our race pace has been great. I mean, on multiple occasions, we've came out of the B main to make the top 10, make the top five on one occasion there at Atlanta legends. So, and we, we have the pace later on. It's just so tough qualifying. Everybody's so close and one little slip up on your time trial and lap makes, you know, that sets your whole night. So that's definitely something I'm working on as a driver and we're working on with the car to try to put ourselves in better position there. What's your mindset right now going into super dirt week? What is your focus? Uh, I know Brewerton's kind of breaking the week up a little bit um, differently, but is it all, all big block um, the whole time? Are you, are you racing any of the three fifty eight races? Yeah, it's going to be just all big block for us. And, and so with that program, you know, you, you have one car to take to Brewerton and then Oswego, or will, will you have two different cars? We just have one car right now. Um, we, uh, we wrecked a car earlier in the year, and we've been rebuilding since then. Uh, I got another frame and stuff, but just haven't had the chance to put it together yet. Um, we've been, you know, dumping most of our resources into the car we're running to try to stay as competitive as possible. So, yeah, we'll be running the same car at Brewerton and then Dirt Week. So Brewerton for us, you know, Obviously, we want to be have as good of a run as possible, but try to get through that unscathed. And then because uh, Dirt Week, you know, like we said, it's the biggest race of the year. So um, I'm looking forward to it there. We seem to usually have some pretty good pace at Oswego. And I feel like we're uh, starting to get better and better here at the end of the year. We're hitting on some stuff. So. I'm really looking forward to Dirt Week, and I, I feel like we can have a really strong run there. I, I remember uh, you guys running Super Dirt Week and, and sleeping in, in your truck, I believe. Yeah, tell, tell me about the yeah. shoestring budget uh, Super Dirt Week effort and you know what it was like to really have as much as much success you did in light of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we slept in the trailer 30 degrees out uh, in 2019 there, and um, we even did that in Volusia. But, uh, yeah, I mean – when it comes down to it, you know, we only have so much we can spend and uh, try to put everything we can into the car. So if we can save a couple grand on sleeping arrangements and just tough it out in the trailer, we will. Um, but yeah, we had some success. We made it through the show right through the heat in 2019 and looked like we were going to have a top 10 run going, but ended up breaking our axle with about 50 laps to go. But like we've had some, we've had some good success at us. We go. So um, I'm definitely, definitely pumped for that one. Now you talk about that run in 2019, getting in through the heat, but 2018, if I remember correctly, picking up that last chance showdown victory was a big step in your career, being able to win on a big stage like super dirt week, even though it was only an LCS. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. I mean, it felt like a feature to me. I mean, Brett Hearn was in it and oh, there was a lot of, a lot of good cars there, but, uh, and that was our rookie year being in the big blocks. So we didn't really expect much. Our whole goal was just to make it in the show. And, um, and the way we did just that and, Winning on Saturday night in the LCS was just electric for our team. And every there was a lot of people from our home tracks, Albany, Saratoga, were right there and congratulating us. So that was definitely uh, huge for us. And I, I feel like it kind of put us on the map a little bit as far as people, you know, kind of starting to recognize what we're doing and recognize us coming up through the ranks like we were. Now, speaking of people recognizing you, before we get in and talk to about us, we go a little bit more for this year. You know, people know you now as the Ginger Ninja. Where did that nickname come apart? Obviously, you know, we got the red hair, but where, where did that ever come together? <laughs> it, it actually it was, uh, I think, like two two or three years ago. No, it would have been four years ago. Now I won my first sportsman race, and my buddy Schilling just commented, David Schilling, he commented on a Facebook post that was like an article about me winning that Friday night, and you just said the Ginger Ninja, and it got something crazy like 50 likes or whatever, and and uh, Dan Martin must have saw it, who's the uh, announcer at Albany, Saratoga. And he started saying it and using that at Dirt Week. 
because he was, I think he was announcing that LCS, right? So that I ended up winning. So he, you know, the Ginger Ninja won it. And after that, it just kind of stuck from there. But I think it's great. You know, it's something that, uh, the kids probably like and uh something that gives me a little bit of a brand i guess you know well that's one of those things i wish i had had before the uh that interview because i remember right it was me that interviewed in victory lane it was one heck of a moment but it's pretty cool to be recognized throughout the northeast with a nickname like yeah that. yeah absolutely you know it's uh something everyone recognizes and ties to my name so it's it's definitely cool now we get into this week you know oswego like you said it's like christmas and it's the first time being there in two years for these guys you know i'm sure you just like everybody is chomping on the bit to get on the track on wednesday yeah yeah absolutely um you know it's it, we've had some great racing at oswego the track's usually great and uh just being in the steel palace you know it's got it's it's an electric atmosphere there and everybody's there for a good time and tons of fans tons of other cars so you know getting out there on wednesday and seeing where you're starting out if you can unload fast it's usually a good sign going into time trials thursday so you know we're really looking forward to it now how does this track differ from any other place that you've been to um you know it's it's a little bit bigger than i'd say the average track but i mean we go to bigger tracks as well as you know fonda and orange county it's kind of around the same size as those places but the shape of it is definitely a little unique. Uh, one and two is kind of comes to a point in the middle, and that makes for good racing because you, if you miss your mark there, you know, it can cost you. So um, the racing surface has been smooth and slick the past couple of times, which I'm, I like. So, uh, you know, it's not too different than other places that we go to, but uh, it does have its own unique characteristics, that's for sure. Now, especially when you mention unique characteristics, one thing that's different about this race than most of the races you guys compete in all year, live pit stops. Even without the quick fill this year for everybody in that caution flag that's going to happen around the midway point, this is the first time really live pit stops come into play at any point all year where you're planning on it. How do you get your crew prepared for that situation? Yeah, um, it's the live pit stops definitely throw a curveball, and uh, that's got me excited because it can uh, really change up the running order uh, at any given moment. But as far as preparing our crew, I I have the same five or six guys that have been doing it the past two years that we did it, um, and it went pretty smoothly for us both times. So uh, usually it's just when when we get to dirt week, when it's like Friday, Saturday, we'll do some practicing. Uh, you'll have the guys that are going to be changing tires, practicing with the gun, and the fuel guy practicing with the fuel. And uh, but I mean, as as far as that goes, all my help they're all racers themselves, so they're all pretty used to. Uh, using those kind of tools and being in that kind of high pressure situation. But um, we seem to have a pretty good pit stop crew. We haven't really had too many issues and they've been on the eight ball for me. So I'm not too worried in that, in that regard. 200 laps. That's unique to our format, which is normally a hundred plus 41 cars in the starting lineup. That is unique in itself. What is it like navigating the traffic uh, on a five eighth mile racetrack? Uh, with 40 race cars out there oh it can be crazy at times and the craziest times is the past couple of years when when you take fresh tires it's usually the fresh tires are like half a second quicker than old tires so if you come in and pit short pit before other guys and you come back out and you're like you know 38th or 35th in a running order or whatever and you're a lot quicker uh it can definitely get hectic at times you know three wide and trying to make up as much ground as you can while you got the extra speed but um, it's, it's definitely a unique experience because with our hundred lappers, it's kind of go 100% the whole time. I mean, some tracks you want to try to save your stuff a little bit towards the end, but it's still all about track position where, uh, 
for the 200 lapper, there's a lot more strategy that plays with plays into it, especially with the uh, live pit stops and the differential and and speed of having fresh tires and older tires. So that's something that we're going to have to pay attention to and be on top of. But uh, it definitely makes things a lot more interesting and can uh, mix it up. Now, how do you keep up? Um, you know, with the different sessions and track conditions, because you'll have, you know, daytime time trials, you'll have, you know, these $4,000 to win uh, qualifiers of Friday night lights, um, you know, which are 25 lap races. Um, and then you have the 200 and, and you have to just plan for all these variables. Uh, do you have a, is it a baseline setup that you're going to tweak or do you have to throw things at it? Um, you know, depending on these different conditions, you know, usually it's a baseline setup and it's just a little bit of tweaking here and there, depending on what they do with the track and what the conditions are looking like. Um, in recent years, at least, you know, if you have a good car, you don't really have to stray away too much from it from daytime to nighttime. But, uh, the one thing is, we definitely uh, pay attention to the pace of the track during the day and when the sun goes down and then nighttime, usually the track gets a little bit faster because the moisture will come back up through when the, when the sun goes down. So it's usually a little quicker for those Friday night lights races. And uh, during the day, it usually slows down because it dries out. Um, but that really does, we try to keep good track of that and keep that in the back of our minds for trying to be there at the end of the 200 lap race there on Sunday because typically we'll start out during the day and for the last 50, 70 laps or so, the sun will start to go down. And that will kind of change the conditions and change maybe what the best strategy is going to be. So it's definitely something that we keep on our radar and try to pay attention to for uh, Sunday. Now, for any fans that aren't used to Super Dirt Week, what would you tell them about the importance of this event? <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's it's the biggest race for Dirt Modifieds. I mean, it's one of the highest paying, but it's it's just that marquee event that I think every dirt modified driver wants to win um we get to race for similar money on a couple different occasions but there's just nothing like super dirt week i think that when you win super dirt week it's goes down in the history books forever and that's something that nobody can take from you so it's just kind of one of the biggest races that uh every driver out there wants to have on their resume and i think that kind of amps it up even more for the fans and the atmosphere um just what's on the line for the drivers and knowing that they're going to do anything they can to try to be the one that comes out on top there on Sunday. It's always good hearing from the Ginger Ninja. Again, I don't have big knowledge in the big blocks, but uh, I got to see them for the first time at Volusia this past year uh, at the Dirt Car Nationals. Um, it was uh, really cool to see them, and obviously it's a big week up there for them, so uh, good luck to all the competitors and all them, And which, by the way, race fans, you can watch every lap live of uh, Super Dirt Week up there. Weed Sport. Wednesday night uh, on Dirt Vision plus Millbridge Speedway and then Thursday we got you covered as well. Brewerton Speedway up there with the big blocks and then the Super Dirt Car Series at Oswego Speedway followed by Friday night Port Royal for the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series and then you have Oswego Speedway with the Super Dirt Car Series also the um, Jacksonville Speedway live there Friday night as well. Saturday Port Royal Speedway with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Oswego Speedway uh, again with the Super Dirt Car Series there for uh, uh, Super Dirt Week, and then uh, Millbridge Speedway that night as well, followed by uh, the finale to Sego Speedway with Super Dirt Car Series. Millbridge Speedway uh, coming up later that week as well. So a lot happening on Dirt Vision. Download the app, subscribe today, and uh, check it out. As with that, race fans, thank you all so, so much for joining us here on episode number 
33 of Stick Signals. It's been a joy to, as always, to bring you uh, this great podcast. We thank you all so much for joining us, stopping on, and we'll see you next week uh, with Mike and Mick for episode number 34. Go support your local racetracks this weekend. Um, and yeah, have a great weekend, everyone. 